0: Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle, and now your host, Scott Mulvaney.
1: All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So I'll go ahead and just dive right in here. This is a show after my 300th that aired in early September, and uh, we actually recorded this in September because this is a super fun episode on health, not just health, but regular listeners have heard me drop my love and passion for DCs, and we'll define that more in the show for the newer listeners, because uh, I can't just give you everything right up front. Uh, but this gentleman I'm bringing on today, he's not just a DC, he's not just a budding author, who knows, maybe he'll become a multi-author, I'm trying to finish my first book right now, and but he's also a fellow lover of animals, eggs, I mean, when we talk about tractors, we don't know. Because I grew up on a farm, and this guy clearly knows a few things about this as well. So, without further ado, the author and DC himself, author of The Weight, W E I G H T, is over, the links between food, health, and weight that your doctor hasn't told you. Trent Mazinga, sir, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So, uh, so
1: seriously, did you, you actually, like, what is your entire farming history, bro? Because, like, I, I don't get to geek out very often. Cause I grew yeah. up on a farm, so
0: <laughs> I uh, born and raised on All a little right. farm. Well, relatively small farm in southern Indiana. Okay. Cattle. We're mainly a cattle farm. Rolling hills, produce corn, soybeans, hay, mainly hay, which is a lot of work.
1: Well, when you were a kid, it was mainly hay. Yeah. Right. Do we have that? As, do we have alfalfa as popular now?
0: Uh, it's still on our farm. Oh, yeah. well, that's refreshing. we are. We raise cows from baby to. Meat and everything is grown on the farm. So,
1: and for the less experienced, we're referring to calves. Uh, and for the adult uh, adult animals, so were you guys raising beef or were you going dairy? Beef. Okay, so you guys were going beef. There we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, the popular white and black cows you see in all your commercials, those are dairy cows, also known as Holsteins, is a very popular breed. Those are not a typical beef animal. So. Uh, no, do you, you guys have Angus or what do you have?
0: Uh, mainly black Angus, black oh, Baldies yeah. is what we call. Yeah, mm, so mm. good.
1: It's, those, those steaks are so good.
0: <laughs> yes, and yeah, uh, local raise. It's totally different. It really is. Yeah, I we my dad raises. He raises two hundred calves a year to about five hundred pounds. We sell them to major markets at that pay, and then they buy them at five hundred pounds and take them yep. to the full fat of twelve hundred or so. Oh, so um, you
1: guys are just uh, the like a phase. We and the then they move things. on to an actual main beef mm-hmm. beef farm. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So you guys are like a, you're like you kick it off for them, and they and they yes. and there's another farm that'll buy them and they finish them.
0: Yes. Interesting. So depending on the depending on the price uh, value of uh, per pound, if you will, commodity, um, will raise more or less of them full to fat, mm-hmm. um, full to slaughter, if yeah. you will. But for the most part, the vast majority go on to. Um, into an auction, we have multiple cattle auctions. My dad delivers to, and they sell at just like anything else. But my
1: father and my younger brother to this day are organic cattle brokers. So very
0: cool. Yeah, very cool. I mean,
1: they weren't always. I didn't always name drop the organic, but then they realized, wait a minute, even even the Amish men and Mennonite here in central Pennsylvania are catching on, and people started changing up their farming practices, how they raise the animals, et cetera. And once they become organic, you know, rated, they can actually get better pricing uh, uh-huh. for the beef, or if it's going to market. Uh, my my dad basically decides, he's a broker, so he decides if it's worth more to go to slaughter or to go to uh to market. So mm.
0: For us it's uh you know, quality of taste is pretty important. So mm-hmm. we raise grass fed um on our free range fields until they get about nine hundred, seven hundred pound. Then we do a little grain finishing just to add a little marbling to the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but their majority of their diet grows up grass-fed.
1: You are speaking my tongue, sir. I know everything you're talking about. Actually, it's funny because uh, we, we don't live on a farm anymore. Obviously, I'm, I'll be 42. But uh, it's my my childhood, obviously. My, my my dad had a dairy farm in New Jersey. Then he started his brokering business and, and cattle trucking business because uh, his father was a broker before him. And then yeah, I grew up around farming. My dad always wanted us to grow up around farming. We had a farm in Pennsylvania when we moved to Pennsylvania. And I was there until I was probably 18 but it was not like a full functioning farm like you're talking about. Like we had, like I I raised chickens. I sold eggs on the side of the road. I know you're a man around eggs, but I had like probably a a 20 hen house. And, uh, but then we always had like goats, you know, some, some animals we raised for 4H, et cetera. It wasn't like a full blown commercial grade farm. So Mm -hmm. we probably had about 15 acres. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a big thing. You guys, what's your acreage, your family farm?
0: I Uh, the local we connected now is about 480, I think something like that.
1: Yeah, and, and that's what you need. That what you just hinted at. You know, people people take pasture raised and grass fed and all this for granted. I'm like, dude, do you know what it takes? You've got to have space. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. and, and the dollar per acre here in Pennsylvania, you wouldn't be able to pull that off. Uh, what yep. you guys
0: are doing. So. Luckily, yeah, it's been in the family for 30 years or so, 40, 50 years, nice. 40 years, something like that. So. So you guys, you guys
1: also had the chickens run around the farm then. Now certainly. You, now were you guys? Now I will admit, I didn't know any better back then. We did not have them free range, uh, or, or you know that we we ended because there was foxes and stuff we had to worry about. We ended up building a whole uh, chicken wire, literally called chicken wire, chicken wire mm-hmm. fenced in, roofed everything. At least trim their, their wing feathers so they couldn't fly because mm-hmm. they would get killed. I mean, um, so we had to keep them alive. But anyway, so I mean, did you guys have that type of thing? Or did they just ran around. So we wild?
0: Uh, had a, a chicken house, yep. but we would let them out during the day. And then, so when I was a little kid, it was the funniest thing. It was always Easter egg hunt for me because our nah. chickens would lay in the hay in the barn or over by the tractor. Some tractors were no cabs, they'd lay eggs on the seat. Jeez. So it was me and my sister would go out and we would just gather eggs wherever we would find them and bring them in. But then at nighttime, we would always tuck them into the, into the hen house okay. for night because that's when the predators really would.
1: Okay. Get them. I'm digging so, it. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I get fast forward to today. I literally love bringing up the past. Where in my twenties, I probably didn't talk a lot about my childhood. But nowadays, I'm like, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, you got to get farm fresh. Just a farm fresh that. I'm like, dude, I grew up that way. I mean, before mm-hmm. organic was a label, before pasture raised was a label, mm-hmm. uh, all this stuff. It, it's amazing how. And I'm a, literally I'm a marketing and branding consultant for my age my my agency here, so I, I pride myself on ha- geeking out about how good and bad marketing. <laughs> does things we'll just leave it at that right because i'm sure you could talk to this like people like oh it's all natural like well what does that mean oh it's organic well that's a government badge that doesn't actually mean Mm -hmm. squat you can buy organic chemicals to spray on your fields Uh so you're still spraying stuff so uh (laughs) it just cracks me up I love it. yeah
0: that's funny though 20 years ago it didn't have the value because nope it was normal but now with the processed food world we live in the value is really shifting back and it's a progressive thing it's a progressive thing
1: yeah well, it's funny because we never most of because I, I mean when I was at the school, one of the science classes they actually talked about crop rotation, mm-hmm. and I don't even think they probably teach any kids what that means anymore. But you know, okay, corn robs the soil of a lot of nutrients. It's a very mm-hmm. I, I call it a very uh, raping plant of the soil and the earth. So in order to replenish that, you would you would rotate in soybeans or or alfalfa because they all either provided or pulled out different nutrients, you know, cause then you, mm-hmm. you plow it all under and, but we never sprayed our fields of fertilizer. We never, uh, we actually outsourced our field, uh, farming. So the, the farm never came through with nitrogen. They spread mm-hmm. like real manure, real shit, like mm-hmm. from our farm and from the other guy's farm. They, it was great. Yep. Never had artificial nitrogen spraying and all this other stuff, the, the uh-huh. supercharged soil.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's what corn is literally grown on these days is nitrogen. That's, yeah, that's what it is, and it's it's vicious because there's it makes the corn really it makes it beautiful, but it loses so much of that vitamin content because mm-hmm. you're not you're synthesizing the idea of an organic idea. Yeah. Um, the plants or the soil's depleted, so you just gotta make the corn look pretty and sell at a high commodity. It's that's a real problem.
1: Well, it just cracks me up because my dad posted a photo behind his house is surrounded by a cornfield right now, and the corn is gotta be 15 feet tall. And <laughs> I said, well, now when I was a kid, corns didn't, corn didn't grow that high and mm-hmm. it didn't need to. I mean, obviously you want a corn stalk strong enough to support the weight of an ear of corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, uh, if you study the history of grain, I love geeking out about cause I'm, I am no grains. I'm no sugars. I'm, you know, I'm pretty fat adapted as an athlete. Uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's funny cause you go back to childhood you know, we you know when the chickens no longer could lay eggs, you know we would slaughter them, uh, package them, freeze them for the winter, stock our freezers. You know we would always raise at least one cow for ourselves, and then you know send it to slaughter. You know that was his purpose. We wouldn't have <laughs> yeah, but we always had these two huge chest freezers in the garage. Man, just stocked. You know, my mom we had a quarter acre garden. My mom would can her vegetables in mason jars. Now mason jars are like a trendy wedding <laughs> drink glass. <laughs> There you go. So
0: so I drink water out of every day. Right.
1: So it's like, and it, but yeah, because why drink out of plastic? So, mm-hmm. but let, let's, let's 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 tie all this back together because clearly you wrote a book about some stuff, and the reason why I'm geeking about farming, ladies and gentlemen, is because the bio that you sent in is a big chunk of out of your book. Actually, you know who you are and why you did all this. Uh, but it's just it's just the reason why I wanted to kind of start this way is we don't script the show, but I knew you got you and I were going to geek out about farming. But I think it's interesting how it, tie, it ties back to a healthy lifestyle, weight management, nutrition, uh, lifestyle. And before we get into that, though, for our newer listeners who don't understand what DC means, what does DC mean to you? Uh,
0: doctor of chiropractic. Okay. I'm a chiropractor by But
1: trade. isn't DC gotten a little diversified these days, hasn't it?
0: Well, there is some range okay. to some degree. Like, I so how do
1: you fall into the range? I ask only because I love chiropractic, and sure. my wife is... A uh, equine vet doctor and doctor of chiropractic for animals. So she Very studied cool. alongside of human, you know, mm-hmm. I guess you guys all studied together. I don't know. <laughs>
0: sure. So there's different, uh, I would say disciplines in the chiropractic world. I am left-handed and can't get out of the scientific side of my brain for anything. I, I don't have an artistic ability. I can't play any instruments. I can't sing, but I know science. I'm good we at are it.
1: brothers from another mother. I'm a left-handed oh, guy you. and I never played an instrument in my life. Yep. I, I get so you.
0: <laughs> when we got into the chiropractic world, um, I wanted to be a chiropractor since I was 16. My cousin's a chiropractor, he was he did great things for me. So, wait, um, since you were
1: 16, mm-hmm. really?
0: Yep, interesting. Okay, yep. My cousin's a chiropractor, and I went and seen him when I had a car accident. It made me feel great. He had a nice car. I thought, this is my life. <laughs> I asked him how he did it. He said he went to Purdue, then he went to Palmer. So I went to Purdue and I went to Palmer. So okay, outworked. worked. But so there different disciplines. You can be, they say, you know, traditional chiropractors are more of subluxation based. Mm-hmm. They live the life of um, impingement of the vertebrae can affect neurology and deplete the body's ability to f- flourish, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I lean more to the evidence-based side of chiropractic care, where I am treating a Function instead of a subluxation. So someone has a general low back pain, I'm going to diagnose the pain generator. I want to know what tissue is actually creating it. And I'm going to do a treatment plan based on that alone. So every patient's very specific instead of a kind of a one size fit all treatment plan.
1: I I like that because I found chiropractic 2008 uh, because I was training for a marathon, tried rushing the training, IT band got a little jacked up. Next thing you know, this guy, like, loved all about the supplication. Oh, you never had your back worked on, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. But I've obviously moved around the country over the years. I've mixed it up a little. I've got to try different talents, different skills. The one, the woman who works on me now, absolutely love her. Like, she will spend, if we're doing work on the body, obviously, she'll spend 15, 20 minutes just doing tissue work in my back. <laughs> Like before, she even worries about a manipulation or whatever you guys want to call it, the <laughs> subluxations. And I'm like, but we talk. Like I'm going to be going back in a few weeks. I'm gonna have her. Uh, I need. I need to get her to submit. I'm gonna to go to a lab, have blood taken. I want her to do a full deep dive into all of my blood research because I've already had DNA and deep deep dive DNA analysis done by uh, a great guy. I love promoting Dr. Anthony J. He's a geneticist, and uh-huh. he's like, man, he's like, I wish you would have given me your blood work when you gave me the, the raw data from 23andMe cause he goes deeper than they ever could. And he's like, cause I could really get a good wrap around it. And he came out with an analysis of, uh, the best supplementation based on my ge- my genetics, uh, but also, uh, chemicals to avoid, uh, that are mm-hmm. even more detrimental depending on your genetics. So but he's like, man, if I had your, your deep dive into the blood stuff, that's even cooler. Because the whole point that I'm, I'm hinting at this is you dropped a big keyword I want to make sure the listeners heard just now and you focused on function or functional. And I've been really geeking out these days and I've had a few people in that like um uh, functional medicine nurse practitioners, uh-huh. functional medicine doctors, and all you guys are awesome like how you guys all overlap and inter- intersect. It's super cool now that I understand it more. So how would you explain that to the listeners like as a DC why functional is such an important keyword?
0: Um okay, that's a A lot of people try to diagnose what someone's low back pain is created from an x-ray or an imaging. Well, you can't see anything on a static 2D x-ray, doesn't matter if you do two views. So it's a nice selling point and you could see, you know, degeneration, you can see bone spurs, you can even see maybe a little bit of disc height loss, but that doesn't necessarily mean a pain generator because in the evidence world, there's people that are 50 years old with zero arthritic changes and tons of low back pain. There's people that are 80 years old with loads of arthritic changes and zero low back pain. So you can't just say arthritic changes is your reason of your low back pain. Here's the x-ray that proves it. Hmm. So when you check their functionality, what movement patterns they have, what segment patterns are moving, and then just simply understanding how symptoms present, how sacroiliac joint dysfunction would create a pain pattern to the knee and not to the foot. Pain all the way down the leg, it'd be more of a sciatic referral, and then that issue would probably be piriformis syndrome, maybe discompression. So oh, you I mean, got that tie piriformis,
1: in. oh dude,
0: <laughs> it's a good time to treat. I, I'm a, I'm a crossfitter,
1: that. man. You get, uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably teach people to like just get take a foam roller and just roll up on that angle on your butt cheek and just <laughs> let it, just just let it sit right in on it. And then if I really want to get on the piriformis, and it, ladies and gentlemen, this is like deep. Deep in your glute. We'll just leave it at yeah. that. You can explain it better. But you, when you find that sweet spot, you know it because you're like, oh, and then you just got to ride it out. You just got to ride it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Basically, the dead center of your pocket. There you that's go. where the piriformis hot spots usually at. And I got percussive massagers that really dig in there and just beat it up. And mm-hmm. for runners, yeah. IT band is another big one, like you mentioned already. I mean,
1: yeah, but that piriformis, man, none of us really work that enough. And people are like, oh, I mean, I, I do yoga every Friday. I'm like, nah. It's like, yeah, for my mobility, I get that. But man, you got to get in. Like, I I'll drop my buddy's CrossFit box. I'll drop in, and they've got the uh, the Atlas stones, the concrete stones. I'll go in and just sit on that.
0: I'll get in on that. I don't even I don't even <laughs> go
1: to the foam roller. I'm going right for the concrete, man.
0: <laughs> yep. I, uh, when I drive long distance, my right leg, for some reason, it'll light up that piriformis. We're pushing the gas pedal, whatever it is. So yeah, I tennis ball in my truck, sit it underneath there, sit on it, just roll it around, just trying to burn up that piriformis as much as I can.
1: I travel a lot for my business, and actually, that's a great point. I mean, a lot of people, I probably do 30,000, 35,000 miles a year on my car. I I just travel a lot for business. I do a lot of these B2B meetings, and I'll cover New Jersey, PA, and New York. Even all the way out to Buffalo, New York. It's like five hours from here. I'm like, why bother flying? I'll just take a road trip. I get to see the country. (laughs) But to your point, even though you think you're sitting level in a car seat, and people listening, I have my hands up on the camera. But I've noticed, like, oh, my knee is rolled out a little to the right, my right knee. Cause that's my gas leg and I'm tall and I have the seat back. I mean, I have, I have plenty of leg room, but I just naturally, the legs are not always sitting the same exact place. The knees. So you do that for hours on end and you're sitting the whole time. Of course, things are going to either numb out or get weird. <clears throat> so yeah. And that's just me not even being a DC. I'm like, yeah, this is why I love going to get chiropractic. Cause like, Hands down, every single time I go in, she's working on the different tissues. She knows where the tension's at. She gets, she knows I'm a left-handed guy. She knows that I drive a lot, so that right side's a little bit out of a line. Um, but we talk about all that stuff. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. And I actually, when I came to her, we didn't even do an x-ray. Most chiropractors always want to do an x-ray. Oh, yeah. And she's like, no, I just want to feel feel you out. I want to I'm like, sure. Tell me about you. Give me, let me just feel everything out. She's like, I don't need an x-ray right now. And I was like, whoa, interesting. Yeah. 'Cause most chiries want an x ray.
0: In the functional chiropractic, evidence based, an x ray for me changes my treatment plan seven to ten percent of the time. I mean, roughly. So
1: that's, that's not a lot.
0: No, no. Yeah. I mean, once I can't change your pain patterns functionally with the chiropractic style that I use, and I use this, you know, a plethora of different modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't make any positive effect in three visits, I know I'm not doing the right thing. That's okay. when I can dive in to say, okay. Maybe there's an anomaly. Maybe you have a history of a pars fracture, something like that. So then I dive a little deeper to do some imaging. Sometimes I wait two weeks, six visits or so. If I'm making no positive effect, then we dive deeper. But my diagnosis is usually pretty spot on when you just have a functional understanding of how the human body works.
1: I totally agree. I, I, I think it's funny that you are were digging into this because it just popped in my head. I said, you know, every chiropractor I've ever gone to, I almost feel like there's an industry standard, the clipboard with the picture of the of the outline of your body, and you're supposed to mark and circle where normal pain or discomfort usually is. And then there's those little little sections where there's like four or five lines you could write in, like, like give me all the, like, you guys want the details. Like, okay, <clears throat> write in all the surgeries you've had, you know, it, m- major injuries, but I think it's funny, people underestimate the power of minor injuries too. And that's where I think, even though the clipboard's nice and you're filling out the paperwork, no one ever remembers everything. And I always tell people, like, dude, you can't go to a chiropractor one time. And even if you feel great when you leave, you literally, for me, because I've had my shoulder rebuilt twice, um, I, I've, I I didn't realize over the years, if I hang on my pull-up bar, buddies behind me, they could see the scapular muscles were developed differently. Because I always had protected, because I was a left-handed guy. So the right arm was already weak to begin with. Then I go and go through two surgeries over 10 years, it was just, it had remodeled, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh my gosh!" She, she's like, she's like a, a massage therapist would tell me this. She's like, Oh, your left scapula, very nice and flexible, right scapula. It was like slamming into a wall. Like it was just frozen and she had to
0: completely open all that up and we get, Oh my God, just uh,
1: lots yeah. of work over the past two years. It's, I'll just leave it at that.
0: <laughs> and there's a ton of value in massage therapy alone too, which in my office of the patients see therapy in my office as well.
1: Oh, so do you have a, uh, interesting. Do you have on staff or do you contract out?
0: Uh, staff and contracted in the office. I I tell
1: people all the time, that's a magic made in heaven. If, if you found a chiropractor who does not have a massage service on staff or on referral, then at least try and time it where you can get a massage within like 40, me anyway. I mean, I'd like to hear your opinion, but 48 hours. Even if I couldn't get it in 72 hours beforehand, if if I'm coming in and I haven't had my stuff worked on in like a couple of weeks, I just know that it's not going to be as great of a result uh, with, her, with her when she's working on me. Even though she does a lot of her own tissue work, I'm like, dude, I, I like to come in ready to go for her.
0: <laughs> sure. I mean, every movement pattern that you have, moving your finger, there's muscles involved. There's bones involved. It, to To try to incorporate only one without the other is, in my opinion going to be much less effective. So yeah. if I'm trying to affect a movement pattern of your spinal segments, I have to address lumbar paraspinal muscles and also the glutes, whatever ties everything together. Mm. That's that's where massage therapy really, it complements the chiropractic field a lot.
1: Well, I, I kind of joke around, like you guys call them subluxations. Some people call it bone cracking. I know it's just the sound of air you know, releasing, mm-hmm. etc. cetera. Uh, you're not actually cracking bones, people. But <laughs> the, the fun thing is that well, think about it. Like, if you're so tight, like, for example, myofascial releases, big fan of those as well. Like, if your tissue is so bound up and tight, and you just go go, go into a, a, a fly-by-night Cairo session, no tissue work was done, you know, they pop some air pockets, you get some stuff realigned, you don't think that's going to get pulled right back out of place?
0: Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Chicken and egg scenario, yeah. really. It's not rocket science. you got to address both. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, that's- uh, now... Let's tie that into I let the whole chicken and egg hunt. Boom, right back to food. So <laughs> love it. Full circle. The book, Weight is Over, right? Yeah. Links between food, health, weight. Uh, and I love the fact you put here that your doctor hasn't told you, huh? which is, okay, you're a doctor of chiropractic. But obviously, huh? you're kind of hinting here, I can translate it because I know, to the MD profession. The, uh-huh. the world of medical doctor... Unless they choose it as their personal passion to figure it out, mm-hmm. they're not trained, they're not educated on anything around nutrition. I, I've talked to them. I've had them on my show. I've had people say, like, listen, dude, you go to a regular MD school, you're lucky if you get an hour of curriculum mm-hmm. around nutrition. And usually it's how stuff metabolizes in the body and, and how things are maybe tying into your uh, rest of your gut organs, and boom, they move
0: uh-huh. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So— yeah. So this also, I mean, there's a lot of chiropractors in this in the world too. There's a lot of DOs. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Nutrition. You can. Th- there's an infinite level that you can learn and learn and learn and learn. Right. So to get to the next level, to really understand how it starts to create function. Again, we're gonna go back to the term function because that's what I treat with nutrition as well. Is how the human body functions. So one of the most important things that I've done and the reason I wrote the book is because I discovered the basically the inflammatory epidemic that we got going on right now. It's pretty serious. You know, everyone's becoming overweight. We're at 70% in the country right now, overweight, diabetes. They're saying, you know, projected 50% will be pre-diabetic by 2030 or something. Like it's, it's serious. So babies are being born
1: already diabetic.
0: Absolutely. Blood pressure meds are being prescribed at 14 years old now. Like this is a real problem we have. Mm -hmm. And, when I was in chiropractic school, that's when I was leaning into this scientific thing, and I started watching these documentaries like Food Matters and Food Inc. and um, a Gerson Miracle, all these things. I was like, wow, there's there's an entire world of nutrition out there that I had no idea because I grew up eating good nutrition. I had no idea what people were suffering from. Mm-hmm. Um, and When I was in college, right, I went to undergrad. I was poor, so I ate ramen noodles, and I didn't feel as good as I did when I was younger, but I didn't know. Still didn't know how valuable that healthy food was.
1: You know what the funny thing is? Can we pause on that?
0: Yeah.
1: Everybody jokes around about the ramen, right? Mm -hmm. And it's still around to this day. Mm -hmm. And I think back, and here's your budgetary wake-up call, ladies and gentlemen. Eggs versus ramen noodles. How did we miss that? You and I know more about eggs and chickens than most people. How did we miss that? They are so cheap like mm-hmm. even if you can't find pasture raised sure it is like mother nature's perfect fuel an egg and uh-huh. but no we well we're we're, we're poor students i got to buy ramen noodles
0: uh-huh. <laughs> like what were we thinking yeah it, i mean but i masters they were delicious they were That's the worst thing about all this unhealthy food it is absolutely delicious there's it's all no about making
1: it palatable that's it I've,
0: it's salty and delicious. Like, I mean, the sodium content is unbelievable now that you really look at it. But um, <laughs> so then I started studying like, OK, there's something bigger going on here. And if I want to be a chiropractor, I want to be kind of, you know, somewhat of a primary care physician. I don't want to only treat back pain. So mm-hmm. I started diving deep into biochemistry. I actually did poorly on the first exam because I'd never seen it before. I went to Palmer, Palmer in Florida.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know what just happened there.
1: Oh, I'm doing some screen sharing. Gotcha. Um, Should we pop up your screen here, Shirley? We're showing the uh, weight is over on Amazon. People, keep going.
0: So I started studying a little bit more biochem because I was I did poorly on the first exam. So then I started really cracking down. I had to take it pretty serious after that. Um, and I started like looking at it, and it was starting to amaze me how food really creates life. It's it's the human body is literally an accumulation of everything you've eaten this far. That's, okay. There's nothing else around it. You know. So then I started thinking of value of food. I started studying into all these other health conditions and what creates them. And I started putting all these pieces together through all these ongoing education seminars. And I realized that there is a lot of connections inside the human body. So I started laying it out there pretty clear. Okay. Um, and so say someone in and, and the way that the medical profession has seen it is they see 10 different problems, Right, they have insulin resistance. They have thyroid function. They have high cholesterol, high blood pressure. They have um, acid reflux. They have constipation and diarrhea.
1: Which are all These, symptoms.
0: They're, they're very much symptoms, but they have made a very lucrative business out of breaking each one of those two apart, being a total separate. I'm gonna use that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. The word "diagnosis" is one of the biggest problems we have going on in our country mm-hmm. because it's so generalized, it's it gives people this impending doom that there's nothing they can do about it. I I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, like okay, all right. I was diagnosed with GERD, okay, but in reality,
1: real quick for these, listeners, GERD, go ahead and translate that for them.
0: Uh, basically, acid reflux, there you go. gastroesophageal. Reflex yeah. disorder. So, um, heartburn is a very good way of putting. It. Good, good so, and on that one. I don't think you have too many listeners that doesn't know what a tums is or what it's for, because everyone eats these things these days. Um, There's
1: People popping like candy.
0: They do, and, uh, that, and that, for d- some
1: reason they think that's still okay, because it. No one's told them like, oh, you don't actually have to keep popping them like candy. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they're told that their stomach doesn't work right, and this fixes it. This is it. That's which what is not. It's tried.
1: a. It's a. It's a temporary band aid. I like to call yes. it that. It's not, even, it's not even a pharmaceutical Band-Aid. I actually call drugs pharmaceutical Band-Aids. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? I think it's fair. Okay.
0: And it's again, they designed... The word diagnosis is put in place to be a legal way to prescribe a medication. This is, mm-hmm. this is what you have to do. You can't just have a patient come in and give them a prescription unless they have a clinically approved diagnosis that they're trying to treat. Mm-hmm. So we developed millions of diagnoses to justify prescribing 12 different medications for a patient well Does I, love,
1: I love what you're hitting on right now because I can't yeah. remember which episode it was but in the past couple of months I heard another health oriented show and the the gentleman on that on that on that episode said he's like you know do you realize that he's like it's just people creating a new diagnosis for an already existing one but they needed to slightly tweak it to make it fit that new pharmaceutical that they can now prescribe. So mm-hmm. there's diagnoses that are actually on top of the similar diagnoses. It's just, oh, well, I'm not using that one. I'm using this one. So to you said like there's, it's becoming endless because everybody just creates a new diagnosis so they could fit this with that and it makes them happy.
0: <laughs> and you're also never allowed to get rid of it. Once you get hammered with it, you are stuck with it forever. You yeah. can't tell someone, okay, you have hypertension, which is high blood pressure they don't ever get to say they don't have hypertension anymore. Mm -hmm. They have to take a medication forever because they have this, their body has this problem. I
1: I have been, you know, I was diagnosed years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, truthfully, uh, briefly with depression after a bad breakup. I didn't know what I was doing. I was working too much. My uh, nowadays, I know that I was, I had a full-time corporate career, career. I had two side hustles. I was trying to date. I was, you know, obviously got brokenhearted uh all this stuff so i had stress levels i had cortisol levels because of the corporate monkey game i probably didn't have my nutrition as dialed as i am now mm-hmm. all these variables and i'm mm-hmm. like I, I don't i don't suffer from depression i, I reversed that in a few months so yeah. now granted never had it before never had it again so sure but hey i was diagnosed
0: with depression sure. <laughs> and then it's it's and for you, you seem to be pretty headstrong, human. That's a pretty important thing. Stress, Mental the way game, it takes good. on, it, it's important. It's very important to overcome anything. It's important. So there's a lot of people that like. And I shouldn't say it like that. A lot of patients find some sort of satisfaction or relief from being diagnosed with something because mm-hmm. then it takes away. It takes away their responsibility to take care of it on their own. And the hardest thing.
1: Interesting. Okay, I never thought about it that way.
0: The hardest thing for me to tell a patient with, uh, you know, high blood sugar, okay, we got to stop eating sugar. Like you, it's like you are taking them and trying to cut one of their fingers off. Mm-hmm. They they were worried about finding a diet plan where they could still eat sugar.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's never like, going to work. It's like you know, I stopped drinking beer. Uh, mm-hmm. I I mean, I used to live in Colorado, dude. I did mountain biking. I am a ski race coach in my free time for years, dude. I, all my adrenaline junkie sports. What do you think everybody does when they get back to the parking lot? The crack of brew. Yeah. Okay. And then once I started getting deep dive in over the years, the past few years into my nutrition, and everything else, I'm like, do I, re- am I really going to miss a beer? No. Mm-hmm. I, my buddies all think I'm crazy to this day. And people are like, man, you must live such a deprived life, man. I'm like, since when is, what's this? When is life? I've actually heard this statement worth living, right? Man, your life's just not worth living. You don't eat cake. You don't eat, drink beer. And I'm like, wait a minute. My life is not worth living. Cause I don't, have a beer with cake. <laughs> what kind of life are you trying to live? I don't sure. know. What, I, I, since when does food make life worth living? I, I'm sorry. I'm just not wired that way. Um, I, I go skydiving. That makes life worth living. People are like, yeah, but you could die. I'm like, yeah, but dude, I feel good when I jump out of that plane.
0: Sure. <laughs> what? That was a great statement, and that's because people have lost touch of what food actually is. Mm-hmm. We are, we've totally disconnected back from, and we talked earlier really about being farmers. And in my book, I touch on this quite a bit as what's happened as a culture. You know, 10,000 years ago, we were hunters and gatherers. Mm-hmm. We we were feast and famine. Survival. P- pretty much. You hunt to kill prey, and then you, that's where you get your meat. And you, and you nourish. Gather for berries, and that's how you get your carbohydrates. Um,
1: Seasonally. Yes. Seasonally. And right. you
0: had to plan for it, right? And mm-hmm. that's. I mean, again, people didn't live as long back then because there's a lot of famine. That's, that's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but through the 1800s, we started to, you know, community farming. This guy would raise the tomatoes. That person would raise the right. – family would raise the the.
1: – You'd have the, uh, the town beef. markets. Everybody mm-hmm. had their specialty. Everybody sure. supported each other. It was a full circle. But
0: what was really going on is every day, it was the mo- two most primal functions, two most primal instincts was reproduce – with a family. Right. That was one thing we worried about and gathering and making food. That was all we had to do in the 17 and 1800s. There was no industrial revolution. And that's when it all changed. 1900s, when people stopped spending their everyday time trying to figure out how to f- gather, produce, survive, store food. Yeah. Then they went to the hustle and bustle of the eight to five or nine to five where they had to earn enough money to then buy food. It was a total shift in culture. And really what happened is somehow, some way, the value of food went to the wayside. People were more worried about how nice their car is Mm -hmm. and would skimp on eating healthy to have a nicer car or a bigger house. So that our cultural shift went from every day is important about raising your family and making sure they're eating to I want to earn as much money as I can to buy everything that I want. And then I'll eat along the way. Yeah, and it changed. And push that to 1977. And if you read my book, that's like when it all really went wrong. It's
1: the year um, I was born.
0: Really? 1977. Might, you said? Might be in. Maybe that's a coincidence. <laughs> I don't know. But that's uh, this. You'll like this because this is when the attack to, attack on fats, if you will. This mm. is when it went wrong.
1: Oh, I know because my client just released the groundbreaking movie. So.
0: Oh, really? So yeah, Vinny Torres
1: Fata documentary.
0: Okay, I need to watch that.
1: Yeah, we just released it. Uh, well, is it a month ago yet? I don't know.
0: Great. Where are, oh, yeah,
1: we're blowing it up right now, man. Yeah, Where we, got, we got everybody in there, man. Nina Teichold's in there. Gary Taubes is in there. All the big names. Uh, Dr. Drew, the famous Dr. Drew's in there. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. That's great. Oh, yeah. So
0: my book touches base on the, Senator George McGovern, the community yep. for nutrition, and how he used Ansel Keys' research from seven studies. Seven country studies,
1: which is all BS.
0: Total BS. When he should have used Yukin's research about sugar. Oh yeah. So that's all. Touches based. You are on- going
1: to after this show. You. I can't believe. You, did you have you heard about fat yet or no?
0: I feel like I've heard you talk about it on your podcast before. Oh yeah.
1: Well, I mean, hold on. I'm gonna screen share again for you. So gotcha. right on Vinny Twitter, his Instagram. He looked down next to his desk the other day, and. Next to the Blu-ray and the DVD stack at his home office, he had this old collectible life of George (laughs) McGovern. And he didn't realize they were sitting right next to each other. And he's like, he sends me the photo. I was like, dude, let's get that up on Instagram. That's a hilarious comparison.
0: That is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Right? (laughs) And that's amazing. Because I usually, you know, I've never had someone actually know about the George McGovern.
1: When you watch this movie, you will share it to every single person you know because we go back 150 years okay. in this movie. Oh, we, okay. we bring up, people don't realize that uh, veganism was created out of a religion. Uh, it actually has no scientific standings whatsoever. We're not ripping on veganists, just, we just mm-hmm. wanna make sure people understand the history. So, mm-hmm. and by the way, I, I ran the marketing for the crowdfunding. We crowdfunded this movie on Indiegogo. So last wow. year we raised over $200,000 to make this movie, and then Vinny turned it around in less than a year and then we've already got it on the market on iTunes, Amazon, you know, Vimeo, like all the platforms right now. So sure, yeah.
0: So you buy it in DVD right now on Amazon? Is that possible?
1: You can watch it on Amazon Video. You don't even have to buy it. Okay. I mean, you can rent it. You can sure. We've got it. Sure. Yeah, we've got it virtually and physically. So if people are still into the physical. They want the physical DVD uh-huh. or Blu-ray. We got that on Amazon. But if you pay for Amazon Prime and you have Amazon Video, you could buy it on there and own it in your library. You can rent it. Um, you can do the same thing on iTunes. You can do the same thing on Vimeo, Vudu. it's Man, all, that's great. Oh, yeah. I, I run all the social media. So,
0: <laughs> I've never heard anyone take or even discuss the whole McGovern thing before. It's like something I've just thought, I don't know how anyone else didn't see this. Oh, I don't they, know how they, they didn't they hit see on what McGovern,
1: happened. They hit on so if you, The fact your book is going to so align so well with this, it's – Yeah. I mean, not going to. It's already up. It's already available, ladies sure. and gentlemen. So, It's just – Yeah, you're going to have so much fun with this.
0: That's Steven. I'm interested to see someone else's take on actually how it all went down. and That's amazing. And I I mean, I detailed a little bit of like what happened in the hearings and just the things that were said were so perfect and spot on. And the FDA or the government was like, nah, no, no fly zone here. Because
1: as a farmer, and I'm intrigued to see this is in your book. Okay. If you understand a little bit of history, everybody needs to study history. Okay, and mm-hmm. you understand how it all happens. That's what, that's what you and I are geeking out about right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, when did farming become dangerously ready to fail?
0: When did fa- uh, Yeah, do you
1: remember? Like our agricultural system was getting beat up. Uh, uh, there was great the droughts. 80s? Great droughts also. No, way back. I mean the droughts. Oh. So the government stepped in mm-hmm. and subsidized farming, mm-hmm. specifically grains. So think about it. Wait a minute. The government subsidized it, so they're getting a piece. It's still subsidized to this day. Mm -hmm. So why do you think the government isn't backing down off of the incorrect food pyramid that has grains (sighs) as the foundation? Well, they're getting a piece of it. And then the pharmaceutical uh, companies are making all the money Mm -hmm. off of everybody inflamed and sick. So it's a full circle of profit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I touch on that. I'd say this. In 1977 is when special interests took precedence over public health. And that's what happened so and even to this day my one brother owns an excavating business and we do waterways for soil management uh and government funded and it's literally comes out of the same accounts as basically food stamps and welfare uh, the WIC program it's amazing oh yeah and yeah and it's still going on and yeah why wouldn't they promote processed foods that's where you jam all the corn syrup and wheat products in it
1: you know pisses me off what's that (sighs) do you like pickles
0: I am, I I like pickles. Did yeah. you
1: expect on going? Did you did you, did you expect to ask asked this today? You know, on the podcast, you are like, are New we only really talk about uh, authoring a book and pickles? But seriously, mm-hmm. uh, did you guys have a garden on your farm? Sure. Yeah. Did you ever grow cucumbers and to make pickles? Yes. Okay. My mom canned we, my vegetables, right? You know, kosher mm-hmm. dill. Why would we you like put bread and butter? Why would you put corn syrup in the jar with the pickles?
0: I would not. Why
1: would you even think to even think of it?
0: To make them super sweet and delicious?
1: No, 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 no. So one of my favorite brands up until six months ago, when I finally read the label, was Clawson's. Okay. Go look at Clawson's on the on the shelf. Glass jar in the refrigerator section. There's corn syrup in the ingredients.
0: Just put it in there.
1: I I lost I lost my shit. I was like, it's it's a pickle. You take a cucumber. You take some vinegar, some salt, some some dill leaves, you throw it in a jar, and you
0: pressurize it, and then mm-hmm. it becomes Be a pickle. Done. It's done. That's all you need. What the hell do you have to put corn syrup uh, in there for? Oh, so, uh, it's awful. And they stick it in everything, though. Really, they do. Have you seen what— It's the, everywhere. It's a preservative.
1: F- it's a sugar byproduct.
0: Babies, this K-Rose syrup. It's corn syrup. They're just feeding uh. it to babies now. Just It's a straight—that's all it's that's in there is corn syrup.
1: You See, this is why I'm geeking with you right now, because— hmm? I want our listeners to hear my frustration. They know if they've no. listened to the show, but newer listeners, like they hear you too. Like you're a professional and I, I can, I feel it like, dude, you're just as frustrated. It's like,
0: Oh, why are we doing this? The hardest thing ever there is. And then, so you push to my side of things where I'm trying to get people away from it. And that is, it's like pulling out their fingernails. Mm-hmm. It's tough because it's delicious. That is Go the on. hardest addiction we have is food. And it is <laughs> It's awful.
1: Well, um, let's tie back full circle to what you so, you just taught us. You were hinting at in your book, you referred to that since the Industrial Revolution, right? We create manufacturing, we start optimizing and improving food production, we start removing these, and we still have these food deserts to this day, these areas and pockets in the populace where it's low income, they might not have as much great food ac- accessible. Uh-huh. Um, even in this country, the in, even the United States of America, we got people listening to the show around the world, and it's like, well, yeah, we still have our problems, but- uh-huh manufacturing was supposed to make things better, more efficient, Mm -hmm. more effective. And then they are like, oh, well, instead of using a whole clean ingredient, I'll just go ahead and use science, as they like to call it. I'm air quoting for the listeners. And we're going to create this and create that. And then they're like, wait a minute. Thanks to laboratories and science, they find out how all of our taste buds work biologically. And they're like, wait a minute. Let's make the most Mm -hmm. palatable food ever that is addictive. Sure. And two of the most key ingredients are sugars and grains, because the sugar is obvious. And then grains Uh, get converted to sugar, so you still got a a whammy. (laughs) uh
0: Uh-huh. And for the most part, um, the attack on grains is a good thing, but wheat itself is actually good for you.
1: Oh, you I will have to agree to disagree on that one.
0: (laughs) it's, It's the way they age it is what makes it dangerous.
1: Well, the interesting thing is, do you know that we don't have any original strains of grain in this country anymore? No. 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 But if the, you went to yeah, Greece, I think Greece mm-hmm. and parts of Italy, original, original, ancient, ancient grains are still over there. Um, Spell. They haven't been yeah. modified. They haven't been modified sure. at all.
0: Sure. So, yeah, the processing is what killed us with wheat. I mean, they bleach it. Yeah. They chemically age it. And that's what makes it beautiful and white. I'm
1: waiting for the science to confirm. Because everybody's all about the, the uh, GMO this. and I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, we modified huh. the wheat plant to strengthen the stalk and to so it can handle the weight of a of a, a genetically modified wheat head or grain head so they can get more value out of the grain head right they were trying sure. to build the plant so it can create more grain on one single head but then the, the stalks would snap so called, they keep they had to keep honing this process that's why remember the our old childhood remember the song um you know amber waves of grain you know very very you know Go USA, one of our founding songs. One of the quotes in there is, amber waves of grain. And if you went back years ago, if they ever showed waving stalks of, of wheat fields mm-hmm. or grain fields, it's like over hip high. Sure. You don't see that anymore. No. Grain fields are That's short. That's the good
0: point. Stalks good are thought. shortened,
1: fatter heads. This is all before we even process it. But then sure. let's, let's fast forward. Now we're spraying chemicals all over it. Sure. Whether it's organic chemicals or not, I'm sorry. It's a chemical. It's so, to, not. so to your point, functionally, I'm like, well, maybe the GMOs aren't the issue. And I, I'm waiting for more science to back this up, right? They got sure. to researchers, but it's like, dude, okay, let's say it's not the GMOs. Fine. Sure. But what did we spray on that? Pesticides. Okay. Sure. Do you know what IDES means in Latin?
0: Um IDES in Latin, no? Death. Okay. What well, what is
1: pesticides, kills bugs, Genesideic. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Then we have to genetically modify the plant to withstand certain pe- pe- chemicals. Sure. It's this
0: whole never-ending cycle. Oh, the corn, like the BG toxin I learned about in corn. Yeah. like,
1: so it's like man, the a the bug's stomach it, explode. Is it the GMOs? Is it the grain? Mm-hmm. Or... Is it our body's biological reaction to all the chemicals, and that's not just what it took to grow the thing, fertilize the thing, and now we move into what you were just about to talk to us about, the over-manufacturing, processing, bleaching, before it even hits the factory floor.
0: (laughs) Sure. So gluten's been around for centuries. Never was a problem. It's a protein. Until we started chemically aging the wheat. There you go. It's- Wheat needs to be exposed to oxygen for X amount of days, and the longer it's exposed, the more gooey it'll be. That's generally how it works. So in our world, we don't have time to do that. So they just chemically age it to certain degrees to make it a flour for uh, bread, a flour for cake, which is more dense, a flour for a bagel, which is a lot more dense. So they just basically synthesize the whole process, and that is a big problem. So did you talk about Harvey Wiley in the book Fat?
1: In the movie the, I don't the movie I don't know if his name got dropped sure. I can't i've I've already watched it three times but I you sure know, because i I literally, was... i own i I don't even have a blu-ray or a dVd and i I bought the physical ones because obviously I'm on the team so I bought every version of it just to show support and get a successful that's launch awesome. um, I'll definitely
0: watch that here probably tonight but yeah I mean actually um, here
1: you go i mean if if in case you need to visually if you look for it there's the Facebook uh, page fat a documentary so that's everything. I got you. And then if you actually click on their bio photo when you start finding it, we have I have everything linked in here. You got here we go. Hold on. See more. There you go. We gotcha. got oh, iTunes, yeah. Vimeo, Microsoft, Amazon Video, Amazon for physical purchases. It's on YouTube. You can rent it on YouTube. Xbox, Google Play, Voodoo. I mean, we've already got reviews going up on IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah, all of your you you probably recognize these names. Nina Taihows, sure. Gary Talbs. Uh, Dr. Drew, Jim Abrams, Dave Feldman, we have Eric Westman, uh, Georgia E., Dr. She's amazing, Ivor Cummins, the famous researcher, Brett Shear, Andreas Einfeld, Jeffrey Gerber from Colorado, Gary Fecky, the guy who got his doctorate taken away down in uh, Tanzania and then got it wow. back because he was a guy that was in charge of cutting people's limbs off. And, oh. uh, and they... They, they, and then he tried getting people to go like low carb and, and start cutting the sugar out because he's like, guys, like your diabetic condition caused me to cut your limbs off is because of sugar. But then <laughs> sure. because he's an MD and a surgeon, they dug, they said that he should not be teaching people that. Sure. So they they actually removed his license from the practice and then he just got it back this year. And I was like, they're like, oh, we we made a mistake. They actually admitted they made a mistake. Sure. Uh, so I was like, this is a doctor just trying to help people get healthy. He's like, I'm just trying to not cut people's limbs off. <laughs>
0: That cuts in on the, the greenback, so that's a real problem. Oh,
1: it's terrible. But they admitted they yeah. were wrong. They said, you know sure. what? We acted too soon, too fast. I was actually impressed that an organization did sure. you know, admit they made a
0: mistake. I was. I, and In Kentucky, there's Amish that are trying to use nutrition to help patients with serious conditions, and it works. Yeah. They're still in jail. They put him in jail. What? He's what? in jail. Is that in your state? No, in Kentucky. State oh, Kentucky. South okay. Yeah says he was using words like treating a diagnosis, curing a diagnosis, and you can't say Uh,
1: that. Yeah, you've got to be really – see this verbiage. You've been telling us the whole show. It's like, man, you you should write another book. You should release a book on correct and incorrect verbiage. What what sends you to jail and what doesn't?
0: (laughs) So in my book, I lay it down very clearly. I cannot, will not ever treat and cure a diagnosis. Ah. What I treat is a deficiency because – from all of my research a symptom is the expression of a dysfunction and a dysfunction is the expression of a deficiency okay so if you treat what you have lacked in your diet with the most part you're going to reduce some symptoms but i also incorporate well stress is a major factor and how the stress and metabolism are intertwined it's a major section in the book so more importantly i talk about the history of the food what happened I talk about how actually your human body works because if you want to actually fix something, you to know how it works. Mm-hmm. So I teach you in layman's terms, this is how the human body works. This is how the digestive system works. Thyroid runs your metabolism. Your liver does everything. Um, your adrenal glands manage your stress. All those things are connected. Mm-hmm. Then it goes into why we're overweight and then why we have so much diabetes and then why
1: – Do you hit on hormones is- at all in your book?
0: Yes. Like, I mean, lep- like leptin fact. and ghrelin? Oh yeah, that's Uh, intermittent fasting.
1: Not even intermittent fasting. Like they're nicknamed like the weight loss, weight gain hormones because and they're backwards. Sugar stimulates those two in such a negative
0: way, and it's like so. What I touch on is their perception in the medical world, which is why you know a doctor hasn't told you because they see it backwards. Mm -hmm. They see everything backwards. They have studies released that eating eggs is comparable to smoking cigarettes. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. They have studies that says being overweight can cause heartburn or acid reflux or GERD.
1: No. By the way, that study about the cigarettes thing was from a vegan doctor who has just been outed this year that he actually never completed his doctorate. Oh. If you know who I'm talking about.
0: But they probably, I mean, that study went everywhere. They tout that. That's the greatest thing. It's the war on cholesterol. It's unbelievable. Even, so though, even explain, though
1: cholesterol is required at the cellular level, uh, if you don't eat it, your body will make it.
0: Your body makes 75% of it. Mm. What you eat really doesn't mean much. It's mm. unbelievable yeah. how we have demonized this thing. And then, yeah, and that's the final chapter. talks about heart disease and why inflammation is the problem. And mm-hmm. cholesterol is actually anti-inflammatory. It's mm-hmm. trying to put the fire out.
1: Cholesterol, and uh, actually Vinny brings it up on his show very well. He says, um... Oh God, I can't, it's not verbatim, but you'll appreciate this. He says, you know, it's like you live in New York city, for example, and you you drive along and you see a fire department at a house on fire or, or a high rise on fire. And a couple weeks later, same thing again, you, another part of the city, you see another fire, there's fire trucks there, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well, then you keep seeing this over and over again. And then eventually you say, well, well, where there's, where there's firemen, there's fire. So the fire department must be starting the fire. Sure. Right. Yep. So he's mm-hmm. like, Oh well, when they go in there and they see cholesterol in in a, in a in a clogged up vessel, they don't realize like, wait a minute, what caused the vessel to even get clogged in the first place? Like uh-huh. the 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 vessel walls are inflamed, and the, it's an inflammatory. Okay, so back to you functionally, what triggered the inflammation? Well, what triggers most inflammation in the body is toxins, sugar, sure. Sure. right? So it's like, oh, okay, yeah. the, the cholesterol's just trying to come in and help save the day.
0: Sure, and then you know, and. In- simple thought process is insulin resistance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: doesn't make any sense. You're not insulin resistant, you're sugar resistant. Mm-hmm. The body, it's not that your body's insulin's not working, so like you literally have too much sugar. The, the muscles can't handle anymore. Dude, They're full.
1: My da- the my insulin dad was... can't
0: push it in anymore.
1: And by the way, how are you? We're, we're right at the end of our time, so are you okay for a few minutes? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Dude, my dad was just in the hospital a, few, a couple months ago, and he's a type 2 diabetic. This is the guy who raised me on a farm. No history of diabetes in my family. Mm-hmm. Type 2 diabetic now. Uh, anyway, he had uh, some type of infection in his leg. Uh, and I was like, Dad, you need to keep an eye on that stuff. You can't let that happen. you your diabetic. Anyway, he's in the hospital. And they put him on a hospital regimen of insulin. More than he normally is. Okay, I'm like, yeah. I've been helping him reverse him and take him back to our childhood and help him get down. Like, he's now only on one diabetic med. And he used to be on three. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I was like, Dad, we're trying to go back to the way you raised me. Just... Do that. <laughs> anyway, I, I was like, "Why are they putting you on this?" They said, "Well, it's to protect themselves, also to protect him, uh, because they want to make sure he doesn't become insulin resistant." I heard those words. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Then, because he hold on, because he's diabetic, they're like, "Well, you really should be on a heart medicine." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Wait, wait, my father has zero heart conditions whatsoever." Great blood pressure, everything else, and just because he's a type two diabetic, now all of a sudden, some pharmaceutical company taught your doctors that, oh, if you're a type two diabetic, you automatically go on a heart med. You're supposed to be on a statin. A statin does not cure or help anything.
0: It actually increases the chance of developing type two diabetes. But boom! I love <laughs> yeah. you, man. I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's totally oh, backwards. God. So, in my book, I talk about you know, there's holism and reductionism. Holism is seeing big picture. You see it all. You see the whole human body, how it works integrated together. Reductionism is you're trying to pinpoint everything down. Mm -hmm. Our medical system is the reductionist, the most reductionist uh, platform industry that you can find because they try to say this is the one little thing we need to work on and not say, okay, it's all integrated. So I use the term people that are diabetic, right? They all have – high blood pressure for the most part general speaking here inflammatory people they have higher blood pressure high cholesterol high sugar levels low thyroid function and the medical system sees them as five different conditions where in my book i lay out now this is how the human body works and there's a very systematic decay of our health very systematic i call it the progressive decline disorder and it goes in this very systematic order that i lay out in the book it starts with digestion Goes with liver fatigue, thyroid dysfunction. Oh, here we go. Hormone imbalance. I'm going to
1: screen share again. And for our video watchers, here is your book on Amazon, zoomed in on the bottom of your cover. How you kind of interconnect everything on a grid. Mm -hmm. I like that. Digestive distress, cholesterol, obesity in the center, depression, hypothyroid, heart disease, adrenal fatigue, liver disease, diabetes, all interconnected.
0: Mm -hmm. So you have all of these dysfunctions, not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not surprising that more people, I mean, depression happens in overweight people. And in the book, I lay out exactly why that happens. Why hypothyroid function is what runs your metabolic rate. And when it decreases, why that happens. Why it's linked to digestive distress. How cholesterol is linked to thyroid gland because mm-hmm. of the liver, for the most part. And I lay it all out there so people then start to take the responsibility of their own health. You know now how your body works. Now it's time to take care of it yourself. No doctor is responsible for your health for okay. the most part. You are. So that's really what the nuts and bolts of the book was for. Hold on.
1: Say that again. I've said this on many shows. What you just said about responsibility.
0: Sure. And <laughs> there's not a doctor that is responsible for your health. You are.
1: Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there, I've had another doctor on the show about a year and a half ago, and I'll never forget his quote. He said... We all need to become our own inner physicians. We need to take accountability. This is our body. This is our lifestyle, not life, lifestyle. And mm-hmm. one thing I've learned over three years of podcasting now is something I started to throw here now, you might appreciate it, feel free to take it, is I was like, listen guys, let's all take a deep breath and also, also let's realize we're all at a different place on the timeline. And this comes from knowledge to training to execution, right? Knowledge is great but if you don't take any training the knowledge falls flat and then even with the training is important once i learn it i learn how to be trained and coached on it well then it still has to follow through to execution so and all of this is actually a never ending cyclical cycle because as you acquire more knowledge as you gain more training like i didn't always know what i know now and mm-hmm. i'm going to learn i'm going to know even more in the next 5 years so i have to keep this process going sure that's also because i've taken the hard stance on full accountability for that sure so what?
0: Another excellent way to explain to people that they're responsible is I see all these different conditions on the front of the book. So if you look at that, like you are diagnosed, you, you're stuck. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. but It, it, might, it looks
1: like it here. I'll, I'll share it again. It looks like you're kind of stuck in this. Like there's no, so, none, none of your lines connect out. They're all yep. interconnected in.
0: So what I tell people is health has nothing to do with any of these diagnoses. It's all about functionality. How well is your human body functioning? So I lay it all out there in my progressive decline disorder, even my analysis system, which is free on my website, New Start Solution. Um, you can oh, get yeah, a let me detailed pop over report. over
1: there. Boom. Where's that at, by you know, the way?
0: What's your health percentage there? If you click on that
1: one. Oh, there we go.
0: It'll it, just click on the top of it yep. and it goes through a, you got to go through a questionnaire and stuff. But anyway, okay. cool. It's a very long question. It's like 120 questions, but so it gives you a detailed report on what your health is doing inside your body, how any of your functions are working, but more importantly, you see a number there, sixty-nine percent. Yeah. For me, everyone's health is not at any static point ever in their life, ever. It's going up or it's going down. Oh the, God, the, yeah. The even,
1: even me, being a health nut and a fitness uh-huh. nut, I, it's uh, I am depending on the time of year and what sports I'm doing. Mm -hmm. or me trying to finish writing my first book right now, it's like, okay, cortisol levels are going to be shifting. Mm -hmm. Dietary practices are shifting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So every time they fill that quiz out, they hit land. Boom. They're at 68%, 75%. That's where they're at. Now, good choices, low stress levels, healthy foods, right, exercise is going to push you up. You're going to get healthier. You're going to hurt 80%, 90%. But if you have a week where you binge eat, you have, uh, you know, cramming for an exam or you have your boss looking over your shoulder and you're stressed Mm -hmm. you're going to slide down that rule so my only advice for almost every patient and it should be everyone but most of them won't even listen to anything it seems but is
1: (laughs) you're not alone my friend
0: (laughs) make more good choices than bad that's all you got to do you have have to outweigh your bad choices with good ones if you do that You're going to do all right, but some people just slippery slope.
1: I like what you're hitting on right there because that's actually a great way to start bringing this to the close of the show is because Mm -hmm. whether, again, tagline for this show, we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle, right? We're clearly hitting a lot on health today, but everything we're discussing can actually totally cross over into the business world, entrepreneurship, or just lifestyle choices in general is that there's no such thing as perfection. The sooner we Mm -hmm. realize that and stop touting it, Oh, I just I'm t- I'm not perfect at that. Oh, I wish mm-hmm. I could be as perfect as you was at. It's not real, dude. We're human beings. We're gonna make mistakes. To your point, sure. We're gonna have good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks, good months, good years, bad years. Mm-hmm. But to your point, okay. Just just try and win more than lose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <Right>? That's all. <laughs> yeah, because even even as a fitness nut, you can you can compete mm-hmm. in the same race every single year. There's gonna be new athletes coming in with new talents. Mm-hmm. You might get knocked down a notch. Okay. Sure.
0: In the same obstacle last year was easy. This year might be a little more difficult. You'd never really know. Yeah,
1: the, the terrain you, could change. I, I race mountain bikes when I'm, at, when I'm like, right? hey, the course could change. A course could have gotten washed out in the spring, fall. Whatever. You don't know. You don't know. No. It's mother nature. The earth is always changing.
0: Sure. Just, yeah, it's more good choices than bad. And a lot of people get into this very, it's, it's a slippery slope, but they're stressed out. They hate their job. They, you know. They don't plan for their meals. They eat fast food because they don't have time. Um, and, once and everybody sh- makes an
1: excuse for it.
0: Oh. Oh, well, you,
1: you don't understand. I have a busy mm-hmm. lifestyle.
0: Busy. I got two kids and this and that. And that's yeah. why my kids eat this terrible food too. It's And then it's another thing for parents. Like your kids are responsible. You're responsible for feeding your kid. Whether mm-hmm. you're doing a good job or bad is very reflective in their health. And it's important in my opinion. Um, with Yeah, I, I, I,
1: I'm not a parent. But I have a mm-hmm. lot of friends are, and I'm like, man, when I hear a parent try and make an excuse for that, I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you chose—my wife and I chose to not reproduce, okay? That's mm-hmm. our hard stance on that. You chose to reproduce. Mm-hmm. You took the responsibility to raise a human being. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't want to be I'm a parent because I know I would go like ape. I would give, I'd be like so obsessed and crazy <laughs> yeah. about it. Like I can't do it. I say like, I, I got too many sure. other things I want to do. <laughs> but yeah, I was parent, like, I might piss people off right now. I don't care. It's my show. Guys, like take accountability. Absolutely. Take responsibility. Not just responsibility, accountability. Like, okay. And even if you made mistakes, we're not ripping you up and down right now. Mm. To your point, you just kind of hinted at, Guys, you made some mistakes. But as long as you're creating more wins versus losses, you're you still trying to move ladder. the needle. You're moving the needle.
0: Moving it on the green, absolutely. Because a lot That's of parents don't do.
1: know, and mm-hmm. maybe they'll listen to the show. And be like, oh man, okay, well, again, we're not trying to call them out. We're saying, all right, learn, start the learning process. Yeah. What I know yeah. now took me over seven years of obsession sure. to get where I am now, and I'm still learning.
0: Yeah, it took so. me five years to write that book. I mean, it's boom. It's it's process, but just more good days than bad. I stayed with it, stick going, and it's here. You know, it's pretty important. Yeah. But yeah. if you
1: care about something enough. I truly believe things will get easier along the way. The timeline will shorten and reduce in in intensity along the way as well. But you got to get passionate about it. you got to take it seriously.
0: Absolutely. Take it seriously. Yeah.
1: Well put. I don't know why it takes people like you and I to talk about it that way, but if we rub off on at least one person, that excites me. That's why I have a podcast show. I'm like, oh, my God, if I can get through to just one person, that makes it all worth it.
0: Sure. That's... That's why I'm here. Yeah. That one person.
1: I mean, you clearly took it seriously. You became a doctor. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I took it seriously. I, I became a doctor because my cousin had a Porsche, but. Well, uh, wait, I, turns I, out, I thought
1: it's called Porsche. I, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm from
0: Indiana. I think we say everything <laughs> wrong. But, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun journey. So well, I,
1: I love your passion. I mean, I love the fact that when I meet not just a doctor who cares, I love DCs, but also when you go and create a book uh, that. I love the fact you tied it all together, and you're hitting on the timeline. You got history. Um, I don't know if you noticed earlier in the show when I was screen sharing. I have an Amazon influencer page, so when people click on the Amazon banners on Litherfield.com, ladies and gentlemen, it'll take you right to the influencer page, and you can click on my recommended books. Well, he's in there now. So just if you can't follow everything else, that we're gonna have linked in the show notes on the website sure. or whatever, just go there. It's easy. <laughs> just click on the banner, click on book editions. books right there. Um, sure. Well, well, listen, Doc. I've had a blast mm-hmm. with you. Clearly, if, if you haven't picked up on it, yeah, uh, it's been a good time. My, my wife might be a little bit jealous. I don't know, uh, but she, <laughs> but I asked my guest co-hosts to, and you've already kind of nailed it home. But I asked them, say, you know what? What are some final words you want to leave behind? Is there something all-encompassing, something to want to sum it up? You know, just to really, I guess, hit it out of the park, or just really, really close out strong on something that's really important. You want the listeners to really leave with?
0: Sure. I would say most important thing is take responsibility for your health. That's, you're the only one. No one should be more excited about your health than you are. Uh, Once you get excited about it, there's a lot of really good answers out there now. It's this movement to whole food health is, it's really changing a lot. And there's not a single person that I know that I've ever treated that made 100% of the right choices. And they've come in and they've had a week that went by that was stressful, terrible, traveling, whatever it was. But we get back on the horse, they clean it up again, and then they just kind of watch their health get better. Um, if you don't feel good, it's time to make a change, I would say.
1: I love it. There you go, people. Embrace okay. change. That's a great way to actually close it out because I don't care what I'm talking about. <laughs> One of the definitions of success is getting better at embracing change. Yeah. Health, business, lifestyle, fitness, relationships. Like, guys, you can't be so hard stance, especially if it's a... Place in your life where your things are not going the right way, especially around health. Embrace the sure. change. I love it. Well, listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, we shared it on the show. All that stuff will be linked in the show notes on lithifuel.com. But remember, it's new start solution.com. That's where that uh, What's Your Health Percentage is right in his toolbar. Uh, that'll be all linked on the website. Again, uh, his book on Amazon, The Weight is Over is also going to be linked on there as well. Uh, and then if you actually are in and around the Indiana area, make sure you check him out. His his, his other brand or his other, actually his practice is new-starthealthcenter.com as well. Uh, so you got three different ways to hook up with this guy. So not hard, not rocket science. Embrace a change, take action, take your health seriously. And uh, again, let me remind you guys, we're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. You too can live the fuel. And we're going to talk to you guys again soon.
0: Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can Live the Fuel. So please visit us at LiveTheFuel.com.